are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Lift your hands and thank you for this morning. I want you to just pray and say, Lord, speak to me this morning. Speak to my heart this morning. Let the seed of God's word be planted. Let lights, lights from God's word break forth into my spirit. Let light from God's word break forth into my spirit. We bless you, Father. Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for liftings. We thank you for putting money in our hands. We thank you for that which you've shown to us. Thank you for utterance this morning. In Jesus' name. And let me say a loud amen. Please appreciate the musicians this morning. You can do better than that. Take your seats this morning. This morning uh, we will be as thorough as we can be. And uh, I'm excited that we will have some time to teach God's word. There is a spirit of giving. Hallelujah. There is a spirit of prosperity. The purpose of this particular edition is not necessarily to take you through the theoretical things as concerns giving and receiving, but to bring you into the practice of giving and receiving. And so, the greatest thing that will happen to you is that you will catch the Spirit. In the evening, there will be impartations, but I will be teaching God's Word. You will enter this morning. You will enter it this morning. You will enter it this morning. The truth about things of the Spirit is that once you get it, you will know you've gotten it. Amen. Alright? So, we're dealing with what we've titled, Concerning Giving and Receiving. In Philippians chapter 4, from verse 15, Paul was communicating the truth. Yesterday I was trying to lay a foundation and I mentioned a few things which I think I should repeat so that we will have some background. We're talking about giving and receiving. The first thing I tried to establish was that when Paul said in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. It was not a promise for every believer in Christ. Hallelujah. It is not a promise for every believer in Christ. He was not giving um, 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 a revelation of what every believer in Christ should have. No. It was a specific pronouncement over the Philippian church. And the reason he was making that pronouncement was because a transaction had taken place. And he was saying that based on the transaction that had taken place, this is what is coming to you. Amen. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Let's read from verse 15 down. So we have the proper um, scriptural background here. 
Paul was saying to them, Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Well, that's where we got it from, concerning giving and receiving. Amen. Concerning giving and receiving. That means giving and receiving was a subject. Hallelujah. So Paul said, look, concerning this matter, no other church, meaning that they were supposed to, but no other church communicated with me, but you only. So he was commending them. In verse 16 he said, For even in Thessalonica, another city, ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. Amen. So the point here was that he was pronouncing a blessing based on what the Philippian church had entered into. Now, the first thing I want to establish here is that when it comes to giving, I love the fact that he didn't say, he said concerning giving and receiving. Concerning giving and receiving. It means that receiving and giving go hand in hand. If there is a giving, there will be a receiving. And if there is a receiving, there will be the capacity for another giving. So he said, concerning giving and receiving. In the school of prosperity, giving and receiving might not be the only subject of course, if I permit me to use that. But it is the main cause. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? There are other factors. You talk about financial stewardship. You talk about uh, that has to do with discipline and all those things. No, but the, 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 the crux of the matter is always centered around giving and receiving. And I said something earlier. The biggest thing about giving is not even what you receive. It's what it does to you. Hallelujah. What it does to your heart. What it does to your spirit. The Bible clearly told us something. It said God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to his father working in us. That means that God can do more than what we can ask for. So from time to time God keeps expanding our hearts. Hallelujah. So that we will be able to ask for more. Amen. Are you understanding me? So the challenge with God is that you are not asking enough. The challenge with God is that your mind is so small that what you are asking for is far less than what He can do. That's why in the kingdom, when we pray and say, Lord, let the eyes of understanding be enlightened. When we pray those kind of prayers, what's happening to us is that God starts stretching your heart. Hallelujah. What was the biggest deal about Solomon? Solomon, there's no, there's, the biggest thing about Solomon was not that Solomon read many books. No, 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 no. The Bible said God gave him largeness of heart. Hallelujah. What it was was that Solomon was one man that God met. Let me use that word. That could conceive things that ordinary men would not conceive. Amen. Are you understanding me? Alright. So, this giving is one thing that God uses to enlarge your heart. Hallelujah. Are you understanding me? Giving is one physical action that has a spiritual impact on your spirit. Hallelujah. 
So beyond what comes to you, the biggest thing giving does is what it does to you. Hallelujah. Not just what it brings. Amen. Are you with me? Nobody thought about money more than Jesus Christ. Of all the preachers that have ever preached and lived, Jesus preached more about money. Amen. Study your scriptures. Jesus talked more about money than any other. He talked more about money than Paul. <laughs> Amen. He talked more about money than John, than Jude, than James. Because he understood the role and the place of money. Amen. Jesus spoke about money a lot. So he said, concerning giving and receiving, you only communicated with me. No other church communicated with me. Now, I want you to know something. Paul talked about something about the church in Philippi. So I want to um, help you understand the church in Philippi. Just have a background of the church. So I will show you how Paul went there. Let's just look at that scripture, right? How Paul got to that place. And then um, tell you the outstanding things about the church. The Philippian church. And how you can enter into those things too. Amen. Today. In Acts 16, we find Paul's first encounter with the Philippian church. I'll read from verse 9. This is how Paul got to Philippi. So, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Alright? So now, Macedonia is a bigger region. Philippi is a city in Macedonia. Alright? Verse 10. After he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi. So, this is how Philippi. Are you understanding me? Follow me now. Which is the chief city of the part of Macedonia. So, the scripture has given us the geographical location of Philippi. Amen. Alright? Then it says, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. Maybe I'll just read up to verse 14. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which resorted thither. So this was where he met this woman. Verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. Hallelujah. Are we together? That means that God led him to Philippi. Alright? And this is his first encounter with the church. The Philippian church. After then, the church began to grow. But there was something unique about the Philippian church. When you see the scripture that says, My God shall supply your needs. You ordinarily just think that the church was given. You would think that the Philippian church was given to Paul because they, were, they had. No. The Philippian church was one of the poorest churches Paul met. Amen. Amen. I just heard me. It was a poor, the poorest, one of the poorest churches 
Let's look at a few scriptures so you, you get a picture here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Maybe I should read from chapter 8. It will help us. Chapter 8, verse 1. Are you there? Paul was saying something powerful here. He said, um, sometimes King James doesn't um, uh, communicate. Um, I, I want to read it because of what I want to get out of verse 2. So I'm going to read... Um, I'm going to read NLT, I believe. Let me read NLT. So, it will give you a picture. From verse 1, alright? Put in NLT. I will show you something else I'm using NLT. Watch. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Verse 2. They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. Hello? Hello? They are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into rich what? Generosity. That means the Philippian church broke the back of poverty. Amen. Are you getting the picture? He met them poor. He said they were very poor. But the joy that they have has flowed into a rich generosity. Amen. So most of the time when we hear about the Philippian church, we always think that they were rich. No, they were poor. If you read down, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. Did you see that? And they did it of their own free will. Good. Now we are where I want you to be. When it comes to pushing into these things, there's something you must understand. That when it comes to prosperity, when it comes to breaking out of that level of financial struggles, there are times where you have to do far more than what you can normally do. If in your practice and in your work with God, you've never been in a place where you, you were pushed to give sacrificially, you've not understood the message of prosperity. So, the scripture said, For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. That means they gave far more than what they could afford. And they did it of their own free will. Give me this same verse in message. Message translation of this same verse. Good. I was there and saw it for myself. They gave offerings of whatever they could and far more than they could afford. Hallelujah. Amplified. Give me amplified of this one. You are doing a good job. Amplified. He said, for as I can bear witness, they gave according to their ability. Yes. And beyond their ability. And they did it voluntarily. What I'm trying to show you is beyond their ability. Beyond their ability. Beyond their ability. Beyond their ability. You believe in effectual fervent prayer. 
you have to believe in effectual servant giving. It is effectual servant prayer that avails much. It is effectual servant giving that avails much. So from time to time, the Holy Ghost will move you to do effectual servant givings. Until you get used to it. The first few times you might do it, it will be like you will die. But you will die. Something has to die. Are you understanding me? Something has to die. Something has to die. <laughs> that fear has to die. The fear of being poor, it has to die. The fear of being broke has to die. It is a sexual servant giving that kills it. <laughs> so I don't know how the church believes in a sexual servant prayer, but does not believe in a sexual servant giving that avails much. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's heartfelt. I promise myself that I will not just talk like I'm talking to pastors. Because then I'll be assuming, okay, I should, there's no need to say this, there's no need to say that. I'm, you know, so I'm going to try my best to say basic things. First of all, understand that there is a reward in giving. I hope you know that. See, I've thought this several times. If you're born again, whether you give or not, God will take care of you. Amen. Jesus said it. He said, look at the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. They neither toil nor spin, but God takes care of them. They don't sow and reap. Amen. But God takes care of them. But listen to me. For us, God wants to do more than taking care of us. That means that the animals, they just exist. God wants us to live and to thrive. So, if you, if you just say, well, all I just want is food and clothes, God will take care of you. But if you want to fulfill your assignments in life, then you need prosperity. Amen. And when it comes to prosperity, at, based on what I'm talking about, it is not in God's hand. It is in your hand. Now, let me say this to you. God gave the church. What, what, you know, it's just like healing. After what Jesus had done, staying healthy is in your hand. Hallelujah. You know what God gave to the church to ensure that the church lives and works in health? The communion. The communion is the physical way we reenact the sacrifice of Jesus concerning our healing. Amen. Are you understanding me? So He gave us the tool of communion. Now, he said, eat as often as you. You know, do this as often as possible. Now, if you can do it every day, do it every day. But Paul was teaching them. He said, look, this is, because people don't do this. That's why many are sick weekly and even die. That means that if they want to live, be strong, amen, then they should be doing this. So now, it means that God has given us a tool on how to live, how to be healthy as believers. Now, the same way, how to prosper, give him, is what he puts in your hands, Amen. That's what I mean by it depends on you. See, you are the one that determines your level of prosperity. It's not God. As long as God is concerned, everything that Jesus has belongs to you. Amen. Everything. You are a joint heir with Christ. Amen. But 
accessing that inheritance is dependent on your faith. Amen. And giving is, is an expression of financial faith. When we're giving, we're expressing, is, giving is a corresponding action. Amen. <laughs> are you understanding me? When you are giving, you're expressing your faith. That's why when we come to giving, amounts now become important. Amen. Amounts become important because they are expressions of how you believe. They are expressions of how much you believe. So you have um, 100,000 naira kept somewhere. And you say, I can give 10. It's 10 over 100. Amen. Are you understanding me? They say, that's how you believe. Amen. They say, no, I can give all. That's how you believe. Amen. So that giving is the expression of how much faith you have in this thing. There's a reward I said in giving. There's a reward. Paul explained it in that Philippians 4. He said, no church communicated with me, but you only. Please give me, um, go back to Philippians 4. Um, let's start from 15 down. I just want to show you something. King James, then go back to King James. Now verse 16. Next, 17. For even Tessalonians, you have one sentence again. 17. Good. He said, Paul said, I, didn't de- I don't desire a gift from you. It's not because I want you to give me something. But there's something I desire. He said, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. That means he was saying that when you give, something comes out of it. Everybody say fruit. There's fruit. Something comes out of it. Fruit abounds to your account. And the language Paul was using was a language as though in the realm of the spirit we all have accounts that could be empty or full based on our giving. Now, in the Old Testament, we know Ecclesiastes said, if the clouds be full of rain, and he was talking about giving, the earlier scripture said, cast your bread upon the waters. After many days you shall find it. Later on, I said, if the clouds be full of rain, what happens? They empty themselves upon the earth. So the scriptures clearly explain that there is a reward in giving. Should we mention scriptures? Jesus said, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over, shall men bring to your bosom. That means that giving has a reward. There is a reward that comes from giving. Matthew 6 that we were talking about yesterday, where Jesus said three things that God will reward openly. Prayer, fasting, and giving. Amen. He will reward you openly. So there's a reward for giving. Tell everybody there's a reward for giving. Say there's a reward for giving. New Testament did not change it. Old Testament there was a reward. New Testament there's still a reward. Let me explain something to you. You know most of the time, a lot of folks that embrace the message of the New Testament and the message of grace, um, in their bid to help people not get into works. They are not in works to help people not to be in works. Amen. <laughs> are you understanding me? And then, listen, this gospel is a revelation. Is a revelation. 
And they say, no, um, um, if, if you have the opportunity, some people say, no, in the New Testament, you don't even have to give. <laughs> you don't even know anything. Amen. <laughs> you know, it makes me laugh a, a lot. Especially when they talk about things like the tithes. I was talking somewhere one time, and I was explaining something about giving. And I talked about different kinds of giving. I, I don't know if we'll have the time to enter into that today. You know, we talk about different kinds of giving. So somebody got money. It was actually Faith for Finances, one of the, the first, um, um, first part, one I did, you know. So someone got money after listening to the message. Another fellow said, yeah, he too got money after listening to the message. But he feels his works. Because we're talking about financial capsules. So he said, he doesn't think you should give it. So the person came back and told me, what he said. I said, the person talked to you, does he have money? Me and the person talking, who has more money? He said, it's you. I said, listen to me. Amen. If he has money, listen to him. Amen. I meet you, I will listen to him. Amen. Listen. Let me tell you something. I mentioned it yesterday. There are folks in the church, men of God, that have been fighting the message of Titan. Alright? And they don't believe that in the new covenant we're supposed to tithe. Alright? So, the debate had come. I had a wonderful guy, you know, a, a guy, a friend of mine, a wonderful guy. He has been so blessed financially. So blessed financially. So, he called me. This was the early days, you know. Then, you know, he called me and then he said, he had listened to this message and listened this either 2008 or thereabouts. You know, he called me and said, ah, that he just got a revelation that he shouldn't be tithing again. So I said, let me see you. So we saw face to face. And I asked him, since you have been tightened, has it hurt you? He said, no. I said, has it blessed you? He said, yes. I said, why do you want to start something you are not sure will work? So, well, I helped him out and explained something to him. So that bothered me because this fellow, what, what this fellow, then I started hearing all around, you know, all around people, talk, um, one or two people talking about it. So I started praying about it. And God began to deal with me about that subject. And the scripture I mentioned to you was Hebrews 6, verse 10. In Hebrews chapter 6, sorry, verse 12. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. The Bible says, That ye be not slothful, but followers of them, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And what the Spirit of God was ministering to me was, who are the people in your generation that are inheriting the promises? Amen. If somebody is inheriting the promises, you can tell. Amen. I'm not in that school of thought where they say it's not about impact. It, then it's about what? Amen. <laughs> it's about what? Glory to God. So, follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So who are the people inheriting these promises? Who are the people taking advantage of what God's word said concerning them? If so, if you're following them, you find that all of them believe in the title. So I had a, 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 a write-up and I listed names of people that don't believe in Titan and I listed names of people that believe in Titan and I scored. And I found out that all those that don't believe the ones that believe are doing better. Amen. 
Are you understanding me? You cannot do your own findings. You understand that? I found out. I'm talking about preachers of the gospel, alright? Preachers of the gospel. And I found that they are doing better. You know, sometimes people misquote certain things that ministers say. A, 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 a minister said he's following Pastor Joseph Prince, you know, and he's following after his teaching. But he doesn't believe in Titan. I said, but the man believes in Titan. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He believes that every day in his state is telling you that your tithes, your tithes should go to your local church. Amen. That statement he's making already makes you believe that he believes that the tithes should go to the local church. Amen. He said your tithes should go to your local church. Anything you give to us will be received as an offering to preach the gospel. We won't take it as a tithe. Amen. He has been tithing too. Amen. Before I talk about different kinds of givings, I'm coming there. What I'm establishing is that there is a reward in giving. And I love what the man of God yesterday mentioned. I, I was so blessed by it. He said, in, in earthly things, we don't understand the technology of how a farm works, but we use it. Is that not so? Do you understand all the nitty gritties behind how current flows, how the set, um, You don't understand all those things. All you know is that they say, even your phone. Your phone, amen. Internet, do you know how it works? <laughs> but you use it every day. So why will it now be a problem when God gives you his own technology of prospering? Amen. <laughs> amen. Then you want to understand how it works before you use it. No, amen. Use it. Glory to God. Take advantage of it. So there is a reward in giving. And the idea, I talked about the Philippian church, that they were poor. They were poor. Paul met them poor. But what changed their story was that they communicated with Paul concerning giving and receiving. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. Where is my iPad now? She's somewhere. All right. Philippians chapter 1. I'll just show you a few scriptures. Hallelujah. Are we getting blessed? Paul was saying something in Philippians 1. Let's look at verse 3. I'm going to read from verse 3 to 7. To seven. Alright? Philippians 1. Paul said, I thank my God. This was the letter, the beginning of the letter to the Philippian church. Remember, I've already established, I've shown you scripture in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 2. That established that the, the Philippian church was poor. Hallelujah. Alright, now, I'm telling you the letter he's, he wrote to the Philippian church. I want to show you something. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine. Making requests with joy. Verse 5. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Pause. The Greek word there is koinonia. But he was not talking about fellowship as in assembly of believers. That's what he was talking about. So I'm going to read it to you in the amplified version. Alright? So let's look at it in the amplified version. 
So you see what they did. Good. Let's read together, please. You want to go? I thank my God for your fellowship, your sympathetic cooperation and contributions and partnership in advancing the good news, the gospel, from the first day you heard it until now. This was what the Philippian church entered into. Partnership. Everybody say partnership. That's what they entered into. Partnership. And you know what? From that point, Paul said something unique about that church. But let's read further. Verse 6 now says, Being confident of this very thing, that he that have begun a good work in you, so he calls that partnership a good work. Amen. We'll perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, which is my last. Even as it is meet, I'm reading King James, please. It is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in defense and confirmation of the gospel, the last part, let's read together. Ye all are partakers of my grace. It was through partnership they became partakers of his grace. Amen. It was through partnership. These partakers of his grace, he didn't say it to any other church. Hallelujah. There were unique things about the Philippian church that I'm showing to you. My God shall supply all my needs. He didn't say it to all the churches, it was the Philippian church. Partakers of my grace, he didn't say it to any other church, it was the Philippian church. You are partakers of my grace. Why? Because you joined, you entered into partnership. Any grace you want to partake of, partner with it. Amen. Partner with it. Partnership is not something you do once in a while. It's a consistent and continuous involvement. Amen. It's a continuous and a consistent involvement. So once in a while, that's partnership. It's a consistent and a continuous involvement. And then you partake of the grace. Shall I run a little faster? Alright. Now, Paul now said, go back to 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1, King James Version. He now said, Moreover, brethren, um, old English, the word with there means know, alright? It means to know. So, moreover, brethren, we do you to, so permit me to use it that way, to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. That means there was a grace, amen, upon them. It was a giving grace. And that's what we want to bring you into, amen, this year. He said, I want you to know about the grace of God that was bestowed on the Macedonian churches. I want you to know about it. Now, remember, he's writing to another church because he wants to bring them into it. Amen. So he said, Corinthian church, I want you to know about the grace of God which is upon the Macedonian churches. And the Philippi is, is the church he's talking about. Alright? He really used the Corinthian the Macedonian church to inspire the Corinthian church. In as much as he was also inspiring the Philippian church with what they were doing in Corinth. I think it was someone in Galatia and Sojera about the second chapter. He said, look, I want you to support the preaching of the gospel in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. 
I think we mentioned this yesterday, to remember the poor. And he was trying to say that even the Macedonian church has been involved in sending seeds to Jerusalem. So they were in partnership with Paul consistently. Good, thank you. But um, let me not go this way. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 11. Give me verse 9. Let me show you something about that church again. Good. He said, And when I was present with you, now he's talking to the Corinthian church, and, and wanted, that means I was with you and I needed something. I was chargeable to no man. Hey, for that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia, Amen. What did they do? They supplied. Glory to God. They supplied. <laughs> this is a poor church. Amen. He said, look, whatever I wanted, the brethren from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being bodysome unto you. And so will I keep myself. Amen. <laughs> so the major anchor for the ministry of Paul financially was the Macedonian church. <laughs> the major financial support was the Macedonian church. I'm explaining all this to you because I want you to know why those utterances and pronouncements were made upon them. So he was in Corinth and he said, even as I was in Corinth, it was the Macedonian church that was supplying my needs. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Father. So, go back to St. Corinthians 8.1. He says, so I want you to know this grace of God upon the Macedonian church. That that thing you are seeing is not because they were rich. It's grace. That thing you are seeing is grace. They are broken into things by their givings. So listen to me. Your giving journey will not start because you have. It will start because you have received grace. And then you'll find that, you know, Paul was talking at one point. He said, it begins first with a willing heart. That's the language he used. He said, with a willing heart. With a willing heart. He said, they were first of all willing of themselves. God giveth seed to the sower. So I recruit myself as a sower. Hallelujah. I decide I'm a sower. What will happen? Seed will come into my hand. God will trust you with seed because you decided to be a sower. You didn't hear me well. God will trust you with seed because you decided to be a sower. I was reading that scripture one day that said that God will ne- never left himself without a witness. I said, Acts 13, 17, or thereabout. Some time ago. And then, but the way the Spirit of God co- translated it to me is that there's no situation you are in that God will not leave you with a seed to bring you out. So, when you are in a situation, you start praying about God showing you the seed because there's a seed. Amen. There's a seed, always. 
But sometimes we don't see it. So God opens your eye and you see this is the seed. The story of Abraham and Isaac. It means many things. Apart from the sacrifice of Jesus, um, the picture of Jesus Christ and all that and all that and all that. Was that when he got to that place of sacrifice, God provided seed for him to sow. But first he was willing. Amen. So, he, was, he said, no, no, don't, don't kill Isaac. Leave him. And then God showed him a ram caught in the ticket. So, as I'm speaking to you, I don't know what situation you're in. There's a ram in the ticket for you. Amen. Amen. So, God showed him. See, that's the ram. That's the one. That's the seed for this situation. And he took it. And God said, now I know. Amen. Glory to God. They will call it the second discovery. Amen. He said, now I know. Didn't he know Abraham before? It's God that was talking. He said, now I know. Watch men in scripture that sowed those kind of seeds. Their stories were always different. Is this Solomon? Is this Solomon? Everybody that comes normally gives one oxen, one sheep, one lamb. That's the requirement by law. But Solomon began to think, why must it be one? One won't cost me nothing. And he offered a thousand. <laughs> that was the first time. Temple closed down. They are not receiving offerings from any other person. Now, why? We are dealing with Solomon's offerings. Amen. Because, you know, they have to prepare. You understand that? They closed down. I humorously used to say it this way. God said, who, who is that? He said, Solo. In the night, God said, could not wait. He came and said, Solo, what do you want? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? It means that God has given us these physical things to provoke supernatural interventions. Remember, I was showing you a scripture in 1 Timothy 6, verse 19. He said, laying up in store for themselves a foundation against the time to come, laying hold on eternal life. That means that this, most times when we mention this scripture, if you've not, see, you know, Paul was, oh, glory to God, Paul was a blessing. There are some communications of Paul, you will need to read other scriptures to understand what he was saying. The communication of Paul here was based on what Jesus had taught in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Jesus made a statement. He was, there are some things that Jesus introduced. The concept born again, Jesus introduced it. The concept laying up, Jesus introduced it. Are you understanding me? And they are heavenly concepts. So Jesus said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust don't corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. That means that there's a laying up we lay up. You store money in account, you do this, you do that, you do that. He said, you are laying up on earth. And as you're laying up on earth, the dollar and <laughs> your dollar, naira will always affect it. He said, but there is a place, amen, where nothing affects your investments. They are secure. They are secure. They are secure. Paul, um, was it, yeah, Peter was calling, Peter, Peter called it, an inheritance undefiled that faded not, reserved in heaven for you. So, you know, said, but lay up. So don't lay it up on it. Lay for yourselves treasures in heaven. In heaven. Where moth 
nor rust.corrupt. corrupt. Yet thieves do not break through to steal. That means that he was saying that there are two ways to you can invest in the earth system, but the sole one that doesn't fail is investing in heaven. Amen. So it was based on that language Paul was now saying in First Timothy six nineteen. Lay laid up for themselves. If you read earlier, he talked about the rich. So he said, teach them, teach them to give. Charge them that are rich in this world. Amen. Alright? Charge them that are rich in this world. Alright? That they trust not in uncertain riches, but they trust in the living God, which giveth us all things richly to enjoy. Amen. So we're saying that these people, these people that even have money, listen to me. Let them not have confidence in their money. How do you prove you don't have confidence in money? By giving it away. Amen. <laughs> that your faith is not in the money. Your faith is in God. Hallelujah. He says, so how they should communicate. And when they are doing that, verse 19 now says, they are laying up in store. In store. In store. For who? For themselves. A good foundation in the time to come. So that they may lay hold. So we lay up to lay hold. That means the money in your hand is a tool to lay hold of spiritual things. There are anointings that the seed you sow will bring into your hands. You are not buying it. No, no, no. It's not that you are buying it. No, 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 no. See, all truth is parallel. There are natural things you see that are built on a design of something that is already spiritual. When you do like this and you give somebody something, you have to open your hand to give. Anytime you give, the giving is a heart thing. Anytime you are giving, your heart opens, something enters. That thing you are giving to enters your heart. That is the principle. Are you understanding me? That's the principle. That's why he said lay up so that you lay hold. There are many, many believers that their hearts are closed. Because it is giving. Something, giving does something to your heart. That nothing else can do. Do you know that it's not our savings that make us rich? Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing. The blessing. The blessing. That scripture is a definition. You know what definitions are? When you went to school, they say, what is economics? What is physics? I will never forget the one. What is a wave? You taught us in physics. Say a wave is a temporary abuse, whatever disturbance, blah blah blah. I forgot it now. So you, you cram the definition. Proverbs ten twenty two is a definition. The blessing of the Lord, comma. Definition of the blessing of the Lord. It maketh rich, and he added no sorrow. That means the blessing is that which makes rich. The blessing is that which makes rich. The blessing is that which makes rich. So, the blessing is what makes rich without sorrow. Amen. That means there are other things that make rich, but they come with sorrow. But the blessing that makes rich, it comes without sorrow. It maketh rich. I come back to the earlier statement I made. Um, somebody was saying something. I, I'm not very strong. I'm not an authority in the Hebrew language. You know. Um, but 
I try to do a little um, learning along the lines as it concerns maybe what I want to understand. You know, there are great guys that have studied the Hebrew, you know, um, and you'll be amazed at certain things that they bring out of it. You know, recently someone was talking about how the tithes, the tithes, the word tithes in the Hebrew. You know, the, the, what disturbs about the Hebrew is that it's from right to left. I just tire. You understand? <laughs> you understand that? Amen. It's from right to left. They leave it, leave it. Just stay with the Greek. Amen. Amen. Greek is left to right. It's, uh, so it's easier. You know, so right to left. You know, so you start reading this way. I, if I, I would have started when I was six years old. You understand? It would be easier. You know, so, but, you know, so, but um, in that teaching, you know, they were talking about the word tithes. You know, they use a lot of symbols in the Hebrew. And um, that's a talk for another day. But the word tithe in Hebrew uh, is pronounced Masay. Alright? And I think there are four letters. When they remove the first letter of that word, you now have Ashe. I'm using English to explain it. It might not be that way. Alright? When you remove the first word, the remaining means rich. Amen. That means, and in Hebrew is a symbolic language. Amen. That wealth is in the tithes. <laughs> and you understand me? That the wealth, riches are in the tithes. That was the idea that God communicated to Jewish minds. All right. But let's go somewhere. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me this morning? You know, my prayer for you is that um, you will enter the sin. Amen. And stay in it. Your ministry will never remain the same when the pastor, amen, the pastor, your business will never remain the same when you as an individual you are broken into these things. Because that same heart that is impacting the organization you are running. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So the blessing of the Lord makes rich. That blessing has given you an advantage. Now, I really wanted to talk about that controversy about New Covenant, Old Covenant. I will enter it from this point. You know, most of the time, when believers talk about Galatians 3, let me start from there, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. You know the scripture? Be made a cause for us. Because it's because everyone that hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Do you know that we were redeemed from the curse, but we were not redeemed from the blessings? In the new covenant, more blessings were added. That's why I call it a better covenant. That means that. The blessings in the old are still in the new, but the new has more. Are you understanding me? That is called better. 
Now, we are redeemed from the cost, but we are not redeemed from the blessing. There is a blessing in the tithes. So we are redeemed from the bless the cost of the on the tithe or the penalty of paying the tithe, then, but we're not redeemed from the blessing of the tithe. And the blessing of the tithe is that the windows of heaven, hallelujah. I don't know how to explain this sometimes to some people. They say Jesus died for us, everything is open. This scripture is not talking about your access to God. That's not what it's talking about. By reason of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we all, we have access to God. Hallelujah. By faith. Amen. He's not talking about access. When the Bible talks about, and he didn't say window, as in one. He said windows. That means there are several entry points into spiritual things. Hallelujah. That open to you by the tithes. John the Beloved, in the book of Revelations, was he not a Christian? Was he not a believer in Christ? Amen? Yet he said, a door was opened. That means it was closed before that time. <laughs> Amen? And he heard a voice say, come up here. Is that not so? That means there are, there are portals in the spirits that open to us. That open to us. That open to us. Hallelujah. Some of them open by our givings. Oh, a, 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 a dear man yesterday was sharing a story with me. You know, we connected in a way that is very interesting. And he was here yes, yesterday. He has got, traveled back this morning. And um, his story is, such, is so interesting to me. Anytime I see him, I'm just, I just see destiny fulfilled. And because of how we met and everything. So he was sharing the story with me. That, uh, some of you might know, I've talked about a fellow that has always wanted to meet Pastor Pojo Imade. And this guy has been there, you know. He was waiting to meet him. And then we met, and so, 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 so. Recently, by supernatural, although I told Pastor Pojo, I said, I told him about the guy. The guy wants to meet you, blah, 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 blah. He's going to be coming for um, your WAFBEC meeting, you know. I did all of that. So the guy came for the WAFBEC meeting. But that's not the reason I'm telling you. I'm just telling you about the guy now. So the guy came for the WAFBEC meeting. I know there were thousands of people in that meeting. Pastor Pujo was passing, saw him. And said, you, are you a pastor? He said, yes. He held him by hand and gave him a seat. Then he said, I am the one Pastor TB told you about. How did he by word of knowledge pick him? Amen. That means they were supposed to be. Amen. Alright, but... That, so that guy was telling me a story. He was here yesterday. You know, he was here yesterday. He was a fine gentleman, very humble man. You know, how we got to meet was, um, he, we, went, we were interested in his property some years ago. and told us 200 million or something like that. But from that moment, we became friends. You know? And, jokingly, he'll say, every time he sees me, he'll say, that he's from the property. <laughs> you know, he wanted to sell to us. Now you're giving him money from the property. He wanted to sell for us. You know, but, the point is that um, he was here yesterday and he was telling me something which I'm trying to communicate to you that portals open to us. Amen. Portals of the Spirit open to us. They open to us. They are not permanently open. They are, they are not. They are not. They are not. They are not. 
they open to us. That's why some people, some people can do certain things and some people can't do certain things. That knowledge is also an opening to you. Amen. Yes. So let me explain this story he told me. I've heard this story before. But he told it to me from a different angle, you know. So I, I, I was I share with my wife last night. He said, when they went for Wafpek, that Bishop Waleoke was telling the story about how, you know, Bishop Waleoke is very close to Bishop Dave, but they were, when they were younger, you know, as a matter of fact, Bishop Waleoke was even more aggressively in ministry than, you know, Bishop David at that time. You know. So he said, he knew at Bishop Benson that was at first. And he was involved in connecting Bishop Oedipo with Archbishop Benson Idaosa. So there's this video of Archbishop that there were miracles. Everybody that's watched that video has entered into the miraculous. There's a friend of ours, when he watched it, there's a place we used to go and watch it then. We couldn't buy it, so we used to go somewhere and watch it. There's a place we used to go and watch it then. You know, when he watched it, he went to park and raised the crippled guy that day. Now, Bishop heard about that video. So, while I said he would bring it for him, Bishop Waleoke said he was going to bring it for him. So he said, okay. Um, so they were not bishop at that time. You know, just pastoring, just serving the Lord in their own way. But they were friends. He said, let me say this. He said, before that time, any time they used to preach together, Bishop Waleoke and Bishop David they used to preach together. So Bishop Waleoke would teach God's word. And then he said, any sick here, he will now hand over the microphone to Waleoke. Waleoke really want to do signs, wonders, pray for the sick, and all. that's how they were operating. So in the meetings, Bishop would teach, and then he would say, ah, do your own, that's not my side, do your side. So, when Bishop Waleoke brought that video, he said they sat down in the Bishop's house, living room, he played it, they watched it together. He said he just turned, his friend was crying. He was crying. Say like ah, ah. What? He said he was crying. Then he fell down on the floor and started rolling. Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. So he left him. He left him. He said he came back, he was still rolling. Came back five thirty in the morning, he was still rolling. When he finished, he stood up. Stood up. He was crying. As he saw the miracles, tears were coming. He started shouting, Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. He fell on the ground. Was rolling. Me too, Lord. That, that's all they heard him say. Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. After that experience, said the next time they had a meeting, Bishop thought he was waiting there. As Bishop finished teaching, he said, anybody believing God for miracles, he stood up. He said, now, receive your miracle. He said, that Bishop has never given him microphone again to pray for miracles after that video. You know what happened? He entered something. He entered something. The portals opened for him. And so that paragraph went back. Everybody was praying, Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. Me too, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So with your seed, you also say, Me too. Me too. If you are interested in takeover, don't joke with prayer, fasting, and giving. 
Amen. Don't joke with it. Don't play with it. Don't even allow anybody to discourage you or tell you stories about it. How somebody that's not taking over will be telling you about takeover? <laughs> Amen. I don't think that's how it is. <laughs> One of our, a pastor, you know, um, a friend of ours, had the opportunity to meet Bishop David Edipo. So, you know, Bishop doesn't, have, doesn't waste time, you know. So, say yes, yes, yes. This is how we're, we're believing to take over. We're believing to take over, you know. And, and that's what I'm in faith for. I think he went to sow a seed. We should just look at him. The takeover is fasting. <laughs> fasting. <laughs> what do we say is fasting? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> What does fasting do to you? Is that opening of your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about fasting. Alright, so but let's get to this matter. So the blessing make it rich. Amen. And I'm saying that we are redeemed from the cause. We're not redeemed from the blessing. And one of the blessings of the fight is that the windows of heaven will open. Praise the Lord. When we're talking about the reward of, of giving earlier on, I mentioned something in that Philippians 4, where Paul, yesterday I mentioned it, where Paul said that when I received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent, Paul was the one that received it. But he said, they are an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice well, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. But I thought it was Paul they gave it to. Amen. They gave it to Paul, but Paul said it was acceptable to God. Amen. <laughs> that means that when they sold to the anointed, they sold to God. We lay up treasures. By sowing into the anointing. Amen. In your life, partner with anointed ministries. Partnership is consistent and continuous financial involvement. Don't do it once in a while. There are some of you that the Spirit of God has led you to people that they said follow that ministry. Then so to that ministry consistently. And don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. There are some men of God I've never sown to. Because we're not on, that, on the same path. Are you understanding me? Then there are some that I must sow to. So I'm not saying, oh, because everybody's going that way. No, 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 no. There's places where the Spirit of God has led me to. Amen. I stay with it. We won't enter that today, but let me just mention it. He that sweat to the Spirit, and he that sweat to the flesh. That means the Spirit of God is prompting you in directions 
Jesus. Listen, watch. You know, I was teaching some time ago. Um, I, 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 okay, I, did, I think I did a extensive teaching on this in Reventanius Church. I was talking about understanding the covenant, understanding the prophetic. Amen. And I was explaining that in the body of Christ, some teaching ministries have so emphasized the role of the covenant, which is true. You know, Jesus died for your sins. Your sins are forgiven. And I, I was explaining this in this light. Remember that this new covenant, there was a covenant with the first covenant. This is the second covenant and the final one. In the first covenant, there were principles in that covenant. There were blessings in that covenant. In that first covenant, there was prosperity. How many of you know that? that um, Deuteronomy 8.18 that's why I remember the Lord I got to see that give her the power to get wealth. In the first covenant, in the old covenant, there was healing in the covenant. And you shall serve the Lord your God, eh? and shall bless your bread. Eh? And then he will take away sickness from the midst of thee. So the, there was healing in the there's long life in that covenant. Watch you. There's prosperity in the covenant. But yet there was still the ministry of the prophets in that covenant. Amen. And then there were people that had situations that it was not the covenant that brought them out. It was the ministry of a prophet. So if God still provided a prophetic, even when there was a covenant, it means that it, it is needed. In the New Testament, you can receive healing just by knowing that by His stripes you are healed. That's covenant. But there are people God has raised with the healing anointing. That you might not know the scripture, but they will touch, they will lay hands on you, and you'll be healed. That's the prophetic. Let me go a little further here. In the old covenant, everything about the gifts of God was called the prophetic. The office of the prophet was everything. In the old covenant. I hope you know that. But there were expressions. There were prophets that were apostolic in their expression in the Old Covenant. There were prophets that were evangelistic in their expression. There were prophets that were pastoral in their expression. There were prophets that were teachers in their expression. But it was prophets. In the New Covenant, it's reversed this way. There's the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The apostle is an apostle, but he's prophetic. The evangelist is an evangelist, but he's prophetic. Are you understanding me? Let me put it better. In the old covenant, you had apostolic prophets, evangelistic prophets, pastoral prophets. Teaching prophets. They were all prophets. In the New Testament, we have prophetic apostles, prophetic evangelists, prophetic teachers, and prophetic pastors. That prophetic in the New Testament is the fivefold ministries in the New Testament. The, are you understanding me? The prophet in the Old Testament is the fivefold ministries.
So, understand the covenant and the prophetic. The people, you cannot break grounds without the help of the prophetic. You can't. Check anybody. Check any ministry. Mention any ministry. Maybe the first five or ten ministries shaking the world today. They understood the ministry of the prophetic. That push forward and breaking out is giving to the prophetic. So tomorrow I will never forget the statements Pastor Pujamedi made to me about the great man of God, Bishop Bibliopo. Because I was one, you know. I said, I, I said, the big deal about that man is I have not seen anybody walk the word and prove it than that man on earth. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Well, let me tell you what he caught early. The ministry of the prophetic. God told him, go to Benin and meet my servants. That was Archbishop. He said, I've been here about that man. I've been here about that man. He said, I said, go and meet him. Boom. Is it Archbishop? All of them had prophetic help. Amen. Bishop David Rico, watch all the bishops' boys. They are the ones taking over the nation. <laughs> Why? It's the prophetic they understand. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know the meaning of grace, <laughs> but they understand the prophetic hand. They will even quarrel with you that you are preaching. That you are preaching is the truth. They will quarrel with you. They don't know all those things you are talking. I, I mean, don't you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Some of you are arguing. No, it's the doctor. It's the doctor. The doctor are in there. Amen. <laughs> listen, listen. This thing. Watch. Look at what this man of God is doing in Port Harcourt. You understand that? <laughs> It will be foolish of you to say that is not a serious thing. It's, it's a very serious thing that is happening. It's a very serious thing. I said it's a very serious thing. My poor dog will come and sit down in a meeting and be listening and be writing. Yeah, no, 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 no. Something is happening. Amen. I said something is happening. When I saw Rodney Howard Browning, how many of you know him? Great move, great man of God. Walk into Shiloh and sit down and say, I came to be blessed. That I have heard of this man, I came. You will know that this thing we are talking about is true. I saw, I saw, after the meeting, that day, it happened to be that that was the day they were unveiling the 100,000 seater auditorium. Eh? That was the day they were unveiling it. He was sitting down there. They were unveiling it. And then they were showing, say, Children's Church was a 10,000 seater. Children's Church, 10,000 seater. He was showing it. He said, He has been in faith to build a 3,000 seater auditorium. So they now said, eh, We have a 3,000 seater auditorium for our Bible school students. He said, If they will give him that one, let him carry and go. He knelt down. He said, Lay hands on me. 
that grace that he said buildings grow like trees and flowers in that place is that the grace of God he was looking for that means there's a portal that this man has entered into that's open for him So, understand the covenant and the prophetic, alright? So, you can, you, can, you, can, you can just confess God's word, and, you, you know, you can practice the covenant and prosper. But breakouts in finances, you need prophetic help. Amen. The ones that someone say, how did you do all these things? That's prophetic. Amen. There are some churches, and I'm, I'm not talking about any church. There are some denominational churches. If you go, the resident pastor or the uh, parish pastor or whatever, you, you might not hear any strange or any spectacular message. But people are just coming. This is just growing. People are just coming. People are just growing. <laughs> What's happening here? Listen to me. In your life, connect by your givings to prophetic help. And stay constantly connected. I mentioned something about instructed givings and decided givings. Maybe I'll just talk a little about that. There are instructed givings and there are decided givings. What I mean by instructed is that the Holy Ghost tells you, go and so, 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 seed. That you are instructed of the Spirit. But in my personal experience, I found out that the Spirit of God began to teach me on how to sow a lot of decided seeds. Instructed seeds are seeds you sow because a voice or a word came to you about it. But if that's the only time you sow, you might be sowing once in a while. But because the Bible has already talked about giving, amen. It said there is that scattered and yet increases. Honor the Lord with your substance. The first fruit of that increase. So shall your bands be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. Because the scripture has said that. So you decide. Hallelujah. And you consistently sow decided seeds. Abraham sowed instructed seeds. He also sowed decided seeds. I said all of this because every revelation that should be continued in the new covenant must have its roots in Genesis. Remember, as Bible scholars, we were made to understand that Genesis is the seedbed of every revelation. Are you understanding me? Every revelation, whether it's communion, prayer, every revelation, Genesis is the seedbed. And for some of you, maybe that might not have heard some of my teachings, so I just mentioned this to you quickly. You know, when we're growing and learning more about the New Testament, there is a sevenfold test of, how, of every biblical doctrine. 
the sevenfold test of every biblical doctrine. How you screen every revelation and every doctrine to prove that it's authentic. Because most of the time when I just talk about Genesis, uh, it's just scratching the surface. Every revelation that you are preaching, every doctrine must have its it must be in seed form in Genesis. It must be in seed form in Genesis. So this issue of giving, I thought on different kinds of givings. And in the different kinds of givings, one of the givings I talked about is giving the, what you call the prophetic seed. Alright? That prophetic seed has its roots in Genesis. It started with Abraham. When that guy took his wife, God said, go on, he's a prophet. That's where the prophetic seed started. It was before the law. Amen. So he went to return. He said, no, no, you don't return like that. So he brought oxen, sheep, and then Abraham blessed him. And the Bible says, the wombs were opened. Prophets are womb openers. The wombs opened. Because God had first closed the wombs. You know? So that's where the prophetic seed started. And if you check scriptures, when they go to see the seer, they say, we cannot see him because we don't have anything to give him. Because it was recognized that you don't go and see the prophet without a seed. Today, please, I don't want to talk about the sevenfold test. It will take me far. Amen. I mentioned it. Amen. Alright, so, every giving has its root. The tithe, Genesis. Different kinds of giving. The tithe is Genesis. Melchizedek and Abraham. You know, the argument people had about that was that, oh, the tithe, the tithe, the tithe, is that uh, it's not just once Abraham gave it. How many times did he eat communion? It's not once. Boy, you are eating communion every day. Amen. Are you understanding me? Once was, is, the Bible is not a diary of Abraham's diary. It's not Abraham's diary about what happened to him every day in his life. What, things that were worthy of mention, <laughs> amen, to bring out a truth were just mentioned once. Are you understanding me? So you saw Jacob also tithed. That means that the knowledge and that revelation was passed to Jacob long before the law. All those things were just incorporated into the law. But it was a revelation first. The tithe was a revelation. And Abraham was the first, you know, apart from, of course, you know, Job and Abraham believed about the same time. But Abraham was the first man God announced that the Bible said he was very rich. So there is something about tithes and being rich. Amen. <laughs> so it was a revelation it caught. To give a thanks of everything to God. And today also when we tithe, we're not tithing out of a fear. It's a revelation. Amen. It's a revelation. So the tithe, the prophet seed, welfare, giving to the poor. Welfare is what I mean by giving to the poor, as mentioned in Psalm 41, verse 1. Blessed is he that remembereth the poor, for the Lord shall remember him upon the bed of his languishing. Amen. So, that's the welfare offering. It's in the New Testament. When the scripture was telling, um, it, it, said, it said that, uh, it was in Galatians 6, 
where he said that especially to them of the household of faith. So we should remember to do good. Amen. Is that welfare? Given to the poor. I mentioned yesterday, I said, what we have done is that we ensure that all the revelations of giving that God has opened to us, we are practicing them. Amen. Well, the prophet seeds, the tithes, giving to the gospel, partnering with the gospel. The prophet seed and giving to the gospel is not the same. It's not the same. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Mark 10. Let me show you giving to the gospel. Mark 10, 29. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left his house, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands. So even in Jesus' time, people were giving lands. Amen. For my sake and the gospels. He was talking about the gospel seed here. Verse 30. But he shall receive what? An hundredfold. It was concerned. I'm telling you that these are investment plans. This one promises 100%, 100-fold, not 100%, 100-fold return. Amen. He said, he shall receive 100-fold now in this time. In this time. In this world. Amen. And then he said, he will receive houses and brethren and mothers and children and lands minus wives. Amen. And persecutions and the world to come, eternal life. Amen. Jesus is very smart. You understand that? <laughs> he said, even if he gives away wife, then when he comes to the return, he didn't say, no, wives will come. No, no, no. <laughs> Amen. If you give away wife, you get house. Amen. <laughs> no wives. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So, if you study scripture carefully, he didn't talk about wives again. Amen. Alright, so he said, this is the return. He shall receive a hundredfold of the houses he gave. hundredfold of the brethren he gave. The sisters he gave away. The mothers he gave away. The children. The lands. With persecutions. Because the moment you start giving to the gospel like that, you break new grounds. So their persecution will arise. Prosperity comes with persecution. Because the world doesn't want you to have money. And in the world to come, eternal life. This is the gospel seed. Different from what Matthew was talking about. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. Matthew 10, 40. I'll read. 41 is my focus. He that received you, received me. He that received me, received him that sent me. Verse 41. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Now, the receiving is talking about, if you read back and forth, it talks about giving cold water to one of my own. Amen. That's thirsty. It's honoring the prophet with your substance. That what he carries 
you partake of it. That's what Paul was saying to them. You are partakers of my grace. Glory to God. Second Corinthians 9 verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. What I want to pick out there is all grace. Everybody say all grace. Say all grace. Ephesians 4 6. We'll come back here. In Ephesians chapter 4. Let's start from, um, okay, good, um, let's read here. One God and Father of us all, who is above all, through all, and you all. Keep going down. Good. Now, I want us to read this together. I want to go. But, Ephesians 4, 7, for those of you listening on tape. For every, but unto every one of us is giving what? Grace. Every one of us. Unto him is giving what? Grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Unto him is giving what? Grace. Unto, unto everyone is giving what? Grace. He has grace. She has grace. Grace, 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 grace. Everybody has grace. Paul said, I want you to know about the grace that was bestowed upon the Macedonian church. That this grace is unique to the Macedonian church. So, there is a grace unique to you. Amen. Second Corinthians 9.8 says that God can make all those graces abound to you. Amen. How you enter it is by sowing into it. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That's how we share with one another in the body of Christ. There are things people carry. Amen. When you recognize it, Paul said, when Peter, John, and James, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace of God which is upon me. They gave unto me the right hands of fellowship. Some people think right hand of fellowship was just I say, go ahead. They sowed into his life. <laughs> they sowed into his life. They gave unto me the right hands of fellowship. Amen. <laughs> Peter sowed. It's when he sowed. Look at, look at Peter's writings. After a while, the first, first Peter was given from second Peter. In second Peter, you will know that he has contacted something from Paul until he mentioned him. Amen. The word epignosis, he didn't know it in the first Peter. In second Peter, he said talking about epignosis. Who brought the revelation of that epignosis? Paul. He said, Paul, that was teaching things that are hard to understand. Amen. Because he has given him what? Right hands of fellowship. Glory to God. So God is able to make our grace abound towards us. And how we enter into these things is by our givings. I go back to 2 Corinthians 8 verse 7. We'll come back to 9. This was the scripture that opens my eyes. And made me understand that it was in my hand. 
that my financial level is determined by me. <laughs> that is determined by me. And it was simple. I still remember my Bible, the Bible that I saw it in. He <laughs> said, therefore, as you are bound in everything. Now, writing to the Corinthian church. You know, he was trying to use what was happening in Macedonia to inspire them. He said, but as you are bound in everything, you know, you, you, you have great faith. You have utterance. As you continue in utterance and in knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see, see that you are bound in this grace of giving also. See that you are bound in this grace of giving also. So I saw to it. Amen. My prayer for you is that you will see. Let no new year enter that you didn't raise your givings. Set giving targets for yourself. Those giving targets will change your life. You will never enter a giving that your heart, first of all, did not decide to do. I've talked about retail giving and wholesale giving. And I explained that retail giving is that, you know, every time, you know, you could be somewhere and say, oh, um, we, want to buy, we want to buy microphones. We, we need five microphones. Say, I'll give one. Who will give another one? I'll give one. Who will give another one? I'll give one. That's retail giving. Let your heart start yearning for wholesale. If you don't desire it, you will never do it. But if they say they will need microphones, I will buy all. If they say we are having social program, I will foot all the bills. Oh, wholesale giving. Is it possible? We saw it in scripture. One person stands up to say, Start learning to be that one person. Amen. But you know sometimes I'll give you, start from where you are, but yearn for more. Amen. Start from where you are, yearn for more. Nineteen ninety nine I was in Shiloh when they opened the place. I went with my seed. You know how there's some seed you carry, you'll be holding it like this. <laughs> In my estimation, it was great seed. So we sat down. When they said, it was not, they were not, you know, just like, let's give our offerings, now they do their thing, you know. All the people sitting close to me, they were with, you know, that brown A4 size envelope. Somebody, if anybody has that kind of brown envelope, the brown one. That's what they were with. That's what they were holding. <laughs> yes, sir. So, I like, did they tell them to bring brown envelope? And I heard the announcement. They are not raising money for anything. Almost everyone. So, praying, pray. You know, my envelope was the smallest. But when I was coming, I thought it was the biggest. At least around where I sat. B. 
they were with those big, big envelopes. Praying over it. There are some that then they were using one bazillion. If two or three people put in, they just have to call an person. You understand? Like the bag is full. <laughs> you know, in my heart, I'm not feeling like I was saying me too. <laughs> Glory to God. And then you start setting targets for yourself. I'm going to give so so seed. I'm going to give so so seed. Any seed you give, you are announcing that you have passed that level. Any seed you give away, what you have declared in the spirit is that you are bigger than that amount. You are not bigger than what you have not given. <laughs> you are not bigger than what you have not given. What you receive is not what determines your status, it's what you are giving. That's why Jesus said in Acts 20.35 It is more blessed to give than to receive. The giving is the announcement of your status. In the world, they boast about what they have received. In the kingdom, we boast about what we have given. Amen. We glory in our givings. Don't worry yourself about what happens after you give first. The thing is that learn the practice of giving and enjoy the period of silence when you give. You know that when, you, when, some, when Jesus died, then the Bible said he was buried. The giving is like the process of death, burial and resurrection. Resurrection will surely happen. Jesus used the example. He said, except the corn of wheat die." fall to the ground and die. It abided alone. So when you plant that seed and there's silence, silence means that it doesn't look like anything is happening yet. You start declaring God's word. Amen. You keep speaking God's word. Amen. Keep speaking God's word. There will be resurrection. When opportunities open for you, take them. Take them. Let the, the Bible, the scripture we read in Philippians said, once and again. Not just once, say once and again. Cast your bread upon the waters. You shall find after many days. He said, give a portion to seven. Give a portion to eight. Amen. He <laughs> said, in the morning sow your seed. In the night withhold not your hand. Amen. Glory to God. So you sowed last time, sow again. Concerning giving and receiving. Glory to God. I've been talking. I've not followed my notes. Amen. <laughs> Let me let's start with the notes. Amen. Amen. All right. I know we have a short time, but I've not been following my notes. Amen. Hallelujah. 
you know, when I came up this morning, uh, what just came to my heart was just say what is on top of my heart first, then I would maybe teach. But what's on top of my heart has already exhausted the time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you learn something? Are you sure? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 6. Give it to me. Okay, King James first. Let me show you something. I won't be able to follow my notes. So, but let me just show you something. In so much that as he had begun, so also he would finish in you the same grace also. So we're saying that Titus had come to the Corinthian church to do the same thing with them that had happened in Macedonia. To bring them into giving. But I want you to read this in NLC. Follow me now. NLC says, let's read together. I want to go. Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. It's a ministry. It's a ministry. Amen. So it means that Titus' job is what I'm doing here. Amen. <laughs> to encourage you to give in the first place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. To encourage you to give in the first place. And to enter into this ministry of giving. Are you encouraged? Have you entered? Are you encouraged? Who has entered? Who has entered? Glory to God. Thank you, Father. You know that it's important for someone to recognize that sometimes it's difficult for pastors to communicate these things to brethren. But if you are a pastor here, it is easier to teach on giving when you are doing it. Amen. Are you understanding me? It's easier to teach on giving when you are doing it. Yesterday he was teaching on giving, talking about concerning giving and receiving. And you know why I was happy about it? Was that he's living it. Our head was in town. I said, okay, come and share something with us. I said, we're talking about giving. And what he's sharing here that when they enter this year, that's the spirit. Ask any other person if they are not doing the same thing. They will tell you the same thing. So you'll just be laughing. I said, ah, yeah, yes, he, he was one of those that, as we enter the new year, you know, you know, people have caught this thing so that as they enter the new year, they start scattering their seeds. You know, they start, oh, you are scattering seeds, you are scattering seeds. I just heard him. I said, General Affairs, different places, wow, this one sent this one sent Ah, So, at the, when I saw him, I remember he sent this, did I thank him? 
I can't remember if I thanked him, you know, because quite a number of people, I can't remember, you know. She just sent him a text, I can't remember, I was trying to figure out. Then I now saw the exchange we had on Facebook, I said, okay. So, he, he is not talking about something he heard somewhere. It is a practice. That's why your heart was burning within you. Let me just give some pastoral counsel. A pastor cannot effectively give if he does not separate his finances from the church finances. Amen? You can't effectively give. Even if you're a business person, if you don't separate your, your money from the money that belongs to business, you'll be able to effectively give. Hallelujah. And don't allow... David understood that principle. Let me explain David's principle, what happened with David. Remember that when the plague was in that place, and the prophet came to David and said, Give God an offering. Give him an offering. And this thing will stop. The Bible says that... Um, is it, was he Arauna now? Oh, I forgot the name of the guy. The guy came and met him and said, Take my threshing floor. Hallelujah. And give it. David is king. Any land he wants, somebody will give to him. David said, no, 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 no. I will pay for it. I will not offer to God what costs me nothing. Pastor, don't offer what costs you nothing. No, don't offer what costs you nothing. So, you might have a, a, a little um, account you run or whatever you do. Start giving from that level. Amen. No, the, there's a difference between your, your church is giving and when you are giving individually. There's, there are two different things. Your church should give. You give. On this platform, for example... In the air, you know, years back, you know, who we'll take offerings, you know, then they'll show me the records. Let's assume the total offering is 100 naira. I get 80 naira. The whole all the pastors that came give 20 naira. So they, oh, oh. <laughs> I just said, all the pastors that came give 20 naira. I just said, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. You understand? <laughs> yeah. Listen, and I found that they are very few pastors that know how to give. But if you have more of giving pastors, you have more of giving brethren. Amen. Yes. I went to a church to preach and I gave an offering when I arrived. I, I just I gave an offering. The honor they gave me, they cut my offering in half. And gave me the other half for honorarium. <laughs> you cut the offering half and gave me half of the offering for honorarium. So they were happy I came. <laughs> At 
least I was happy that they were happy I came. <laughs> they invited me again. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Take it